All right. So we, uh, this is our first, uh, four-way i mean i guess that's a weird way to say it but this is our first uh four-person <laughs> podcast yeah it's public, yeah. public four-way public <laughs> four-way or virtual four-way it's a cdc yeah. compliant and uh <laughs> so um joining us today we have the egg god at sweet egg person what's going on egg god hey i'm happy to be here thanks for having me <sighs> right on and uh mr headache at mr john butler tron what's going on dude yeah what's up guys oh what's man yeah no uh it's good good i'm glad you guys could join us today we're gonna talk a little uh talk a little identity politics a little uh eventually it turns into a little lib pandemic talk it always does and then um <laughs> man I, I i wanted to talk about some chomsky versus parenti but the most important thing i'm going to start with first um a god what's horny for the car fox on the carfax commercial yeah <laughs> so, um no. now I, I have the tweet in front of me Man, so i don't want to i don't want to twist your words here um me, I, for me that's post of the year i just gotta say that was, oh, sorry, I was yeah, I, <laughs> That was that was a laugh out loud for like five minutes straight. Dude. Fantastic. Um, and yeah, so dude. so he, I will just I don't want to put words in his mouth. He said, "I am sexually intrigued by the Carfax Fox mascot." Um, <laughs> hey God, if you could please just walk me through how we got there. Um. Well, I've always like been interested in mascots. <laughs> All right. I don't know. They're just they're so fascinating. They're yep. just like perpetually happy. I think the hamburger helper mascot's really hot too. Um, okay the glove i don't know why i was thinking about the carfax fox but can we get a clip of the carfax yeah i'll I'll pull it up we gotta pull it up yeah yeah yeah. i don't know why i thought about it but like i find that all these mascots end up some like in some way looking like pete Buttigieg, because he kind of does if you look hard whoa okay um wow i don't know know where i came up with that though sometimes i just like try to think of like the sickest shit i can say and then just like are you yeah, I'm gonna. I'm. I'm pulling him up right now. Um. I, I mean, I'm. I'm assuming this is a dude. I don't. I don't. I'm not. I guess so. I mean, I just. Yeah. I. I they don't specify. But yeah, we're yeah, looking here. Cute. I don't. Yeah. No. I mean, and, look at him with the girl with the woman. Yeah, she's right she's, help, she's helpless yeah. to his influence, right? Yeah. There. You know, there's no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's no bound out of that. I respect that. it. No, I because uh and yeah. and I mean, would we say that maybe the the lockdowns a little aiding into this a little bit? Are you are you uh, are you starving like the Malcolm X uh, thing? Yeah, <laughs> I think we're all like, I think everyone's a little messed up, and everybody's looking at, um, you know, the, the the weird little anthropomorphic things on TV a little differently these days. So. Yeah, none of us are coming out of this not a furry. You could say you could say that, right? Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, I think it's it's crazy because I'm married, so I didn't I didn't go through that. Um, you know what I mean? Like I didn't have that that starving period you know what i'm saying and uh so it's it's funny to see this stuff because i do see people people post some wild stuff it ain't just you like people will just be like yo the mom in dexter's lab and you're like what well, all right all right yeah i mean i like, just sure uh headache do you, do you have any anything on that or <laughs> oh, yeah i mean um yeah i'm here i'm, I'm starving too i don't know oh, I wasn't, okay. <laughs> yeah i'm not married um yeah, it's t- it's tough out here, man. It's tough out these streets. Like, yeah, I wasn't really a Carfax guy. These streets. I wasn't really a Carfax guy, but you know, now that it's December, I'm I'm kind of starting to see it a little bit. So I, I mean, like it. Can... I like. A God's yeah. gonna be at that. A God's gonna be at like a you know Smith County Ford dealership buying a used car, <laughs> sweating. And the guy's like, "Yeah, I got the uh, here's we're ready to tile yeah. change." He's like, oh, "Can I, Yo, can I, I see need some that? water?" 
can I see the guy uh, sweating through the shirt? Yeah, I, <laughs> I read that tweet and I had never thought of the Carfax Fox before, and I but I instantly got it. You know, I was just yeah, like, no, it, I was it, like, I get this. You know, I'm mad I, that it yeah. made sense. That's, that's see, why yeah, I, dude, I, exactly, dude. Yeah, I'm mad. That would be like, yeah, you know, it would be like very depressing and extremely like postmodern. Is that like if if anything were to actually materialize between me and the Carfax Fox, like when I would actually meet the Carfax Fox in person, it would probably look like shit in the way that. You see an advertisement for a hamburger and it looks amazing, and then you yes. actually, buy it and it's disgusting. Have you ever Never, seen those drawings? Yeah. Have you ever seen those drawings of SpongeBob online? They're called like Spengbab, and they're just no. like they're yes. really gross. S P E N G B A B. Yeah, no, I'm I'm pulling it. Oh Jesus, God! Exactly. Everybody else has to see it now. That's horrible. Yeah, no, I hate that. Whoa, whoa! I right. I yeah, I. I mean that that is me certain days, but yeah, yeah that's, that's SpongeBob in December 2020. Now I'm something <laughs> Yeah, exactly, and he thinks it's ending in 2021. But the, yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no. Um, so Edgar, you're, I, I think you just dropped it. I, I had a chance to to read it a couple hours ago. You had an essay come out, right? Um, you want to tell us about that? Yeah, sure. Um, I wrote an essay on what I call the ecstasy of identity. Mm -hmm. um let me just pull it up yeah yeah i'll I'll, uh, I'll share it with everybody so here you go oh, yeah. um yeah perfect and uh, so there you go oh cool it's on medium. Um, yeah so i've been working through a couple of ideas in the past months kind of like in the way of how identity sort of shapes our reality um i've been pretty influenced by the thought of jean baudrillard i don't know if you guys have read him or watched youtube videos about him um, no, a really, really interesting thinker. Headache and I are both really into him. And um, so it's just kind of interesting to see that that a lot of um, the, these sort of radical things that have been happening over the years have been kind of uh, sort of just super commercialized and turned into, I guess, what, what Guy Debord would call like spectacle, right? Just like right. Um, things that on their on their surface might seem to like an outside person looking in like, wow, that's extremely radical, like a lot of like a good example is there's a mural in my town that um, says it's a mural and in, in big words, it says eat the rich. And I'm like, hold, hold, like, like hold the phone. That's what, that's a, like in my head. I see, I picture the rich on like a, on like a plate and people are eating them and like, yes. you know, but the, what it actually refers to is, is nothing. Right. So <laughs> I, kind of, I kind of wanted to, I kind of wanted to dig into that about how all these things like that seem really radical. Um, like, uh, actually end up just referring to nothing at all. So it's just a lot of people acting out their, their maladies and their frustrations, but yeah. it's just a sign. It's just literally just signs. Kind of like the building the guillotine outside of Bezos' house. Like as he, yeah. Like, yeah. And he wrote that. He wrote really, that here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, okay. It's yeah. at the Crazy. end. No, it's perfect. It no, no, no. Like, yeah. Literally, people are just doing it for, for clicks or they want like a little 20-second clip on Twitter, you know, rather than they don't actually want to cut Bezos' head off, you know, <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. Headache and I were talking. Headache, did you want to talk about the political economy of the sign at all? Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just, uh, maybe. Oh, well, actually, I want to say one thing on, on Bezos um, or the, <laughs> the guillotine. I think I think we joked at the time, Egg and I, like, you could see a scenario where, like, the guillotine is rolled out in front of Jeff Bezos' house, and then Jeff Bezos walks outside, 
<laughs> and like everybody just kind of lets him go by and he goes back in his house and the guillotine just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Everyone, everyone's like you saw his face right you saw his yeah. face right yeah oh dude oh man that'd be such a funny skit that'd be I like know. such a that'd be such a that's the left right now you know it the, is. Radical, yeah. the radical like you could say i thought yeah, it was dude, just the so libs funny. for the longest time but it's like no no it's yeah. not that's that's what i mean it's defund the police is the same way and yeah. it's perfectly exemplified with like, wasn't like Benjamin P. Dixon all about that life for like a good solid two months. And now, now what's his, you know, it's like his whole fucking thing's exposed, you know, basically. Not that it was ever yeah. too terribly no, Now he, he's whatever. like, we're, we're going to vote. Now we're gonna, just going to vote, guys. That's yeah, yeah. <laughs> vote the guillotine in, dude. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> so how yeah. do you, so like, okay, just for the dumbest, because you guys are obviously way more eloquent than than we are. But even for the dumbest amongst us like how would you kind of is there besides the guillotine thing is there another example for people that aren't into politics or something like that that could kind of you know vibe on that level or um i'm trying to think you know but if you have any ideas and if not that's cool i was just throwing it out there i guess one it's like any any branding exercise honestly like think about um branding yeah. and this is like the political economy the sign that i just brought up where like think about how nike basically bought colin kaepernick right um right yeah, or, or bought, yeah. bought the right to bought the right to his face right um mm -hmm. where he's basically you know he communicates this idea of kind of expression and liberation which is associated with um the nike company at this point and you know the check mark kind of symbolizes or at least attempts to symbolize based on the kind of the use of kaepernick's face and ideas of like you know kind of radical liberation expressionism mm -hmm. um when you know as we all know you know nike just <laughs> yeah it's like as, as brutal as the rest of them right you know, they're, they're not very chill yeah, not more, yeah, yeah. they're not exactly very chill exactly so mm -hmm. um yeah it's the idea that like like the imagery can kind of be commodified um sort of take yeah. on a life of its own via yeah any sort of branding exercise any sort of like like and, and i guess in turn that makes nike shoes desirable right like that's how you kind of commodify yeah. like a sort of social movement yeah i'm i'm well like i i am against police brutality if i buy roches you know what i mean this mm -hmm. week, like nike roches or so like this hoodie yeah. I mean, like for me i i wouldn't buy an adidas one kanye voted for trump you know what i mean yeah, like, totally, yeah, totally. yeah i wouldn't do that and it's like really you're, you're just buying like, i i yeah. likened it to like from a consumer perspective i i was talking to somebody about it while i was like it, it's almost like having a ramones shirt you know what I mean? Like when you're in high school and you just have a Ramones shirt and everyone's like, you like the Ramones? They're like, what? why do I have to, you know, like they don't yeah. actually believe that in the Ramones, they couldn't even name three or four songs, but you, mm. I have the shirt, you know what I mean? Therefore, like it works with my checkerboard vans, you know? And, and oh shit. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I, so I mean, that, I'm, proje exactly I'm, I'm projecting here, but yeah. The, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was funny. I was at a, I was at this uh, indoor rock jam in Portland up here and, um, with this group of, of good friends and all of a sudden everyone got all like quiet and they're like, oh, look over there. Do you see who that is? And it was like some woman. Uh, and I was like, Oh, who's, who's that? You know? And like, that's the woman, she's the head Nike uh, design or campaign person, whatever for the Colin Kaepernick activism branch or whatever. Oh, and I'm like, Oh, like tight. Not like not impressed. Like I was, and I think Start I building kind of, the guillotine. Yeah, we got, right. yeah. I think we, I kind of came at odds with my group a little bit because they were like, <laughs> that was like the coolest thing to them. And I was like, Oh, that to me, that's just the most bullshit thing I've ever heard. And you know, and like what's come of that, you know, and we're, we've defended cap on the pod before quite a bit. You and I, uh, Glenn, yeah, and yeah, I, and no, it's 100%. Like, I don't even hate and, them. Uh, yeah. 
no yeah and it's but yeah obviously it's very um it's, it's you know it's quite hollow when it when it reaches the corporate level and everything yeah all of the the problem is that all of this stuff eventually gets swallowed up yes by, by capitalism mm-hmm. which is it's not even a cynical take to look at it like that um another good example of of what we call like you know sign value kind of trumping use and exchange value is that um mm. think about how many people are so anti-trump or like trump like a good example is like you know if two people are going on a date one person might say that oh being pro-trump is a, a deal breaker but it's just the sign of trump biden yeah. is very similar to trump he's yeah 98 trump right yes. but he's just not he doesn't represent these these symbolic things that are attached to trump but mm-hmm. if you look at it like they're basically the same person i would say that biden is is more nefarious than trump at this point oh you're speaking our language yeah for sure exactly yeah but and, yeah it's, it's just, that's just the that's basically the the totalization of, of sign of of the power of the sign in our yeah. culture. and it never gets deeper than that and i don't see any way and it's great that you you write stuff like this and talk about this because it's it's just so and I'll fully admit, like, my attention span is fucked because of the cell phone era, and I'm trying to, like, regain it and everything. And it's just, I don't, I'm, I'm a little bit black Like, I don't see our way out of this. You know, something needs to give, but it's, yeah. you know, we, we never look for anything deeper than the sign. And so that's super interesting. Yeah, but, and I don't know why people like, I always wonder, like, why people like us, not to make us special or whatever, like, we see this shit and other people don't see beyond it. You know, like, what makes us different? You know, and to, to not to be all like an egotistical douchebag or anything, but like, why are we wired different where we can instantly see beyond the Nike shit. And then everyone else is like, Oh my God, look at the Nike, you know, Colin Kaepernick thing. This is incredible kind of thing. I think it's like a framework thing. You know, we, we don't trust the entire uh, framework of anything that could be created within that system. Basically. Basically. Yeah. You didn't totally buy into positive psychology. Mm, No. Okay. Yeah. Headache. What are you going to say? Yeah. No, I was going to say also like, I feel like you need to already be pilled in some sense to like start to mm. see through this stuff. Like, cause I mean, I don't know about you guys, but like, you know, pre 2015 or whatever, like I wasn't like, you know, based and pilled, like I obviously am now. Correct. <laughs> but like it, it, you sort of you view these things as more benign, like, Oh yeah, who cares? Like they want to sell shoes. Like what's the big deal? But like when you realize like just how hollow and cynical, like the motives of companies are, then it's like, Holy shit. Like we live in like, <laughs> We live in fucking hell. The fact that like this just goes unchecked and everybody's like smiling through it all, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Like the fact that it's like, yeah, like Scott, like uh, Egg just said, like the, the positivist sort of psychology, like it's just like the temptation to just like smile through all of it, you know? Because yeah. it makes it like, I don't know, so creepy and like fuck. It, it's weird. And and Egg, how you said in that, in there, and I, maybe I'm, I hope I'm getting this right, but it's like you almost have to like, you, you think that the people almost think they have to like consume their way out of certain things. You know what I mean? Like mm. we just like kind of dug ourselves in a hole where the only way out of like this weird consumption thing that we're into is like more consumption. You know what I mean? Yeah. Wow. It's, it's not really a new, it's not really a new thought that um, basically, you know, to what is, what is the quote? Like to disassemble um, the master's house, you have to use the master's tools. Right. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, see. I forgot who said that. I don't know. But basically uh, you, you said that. actually. <laughs> yeah. for, I just said it now. Yeah, dude, yeah. Um, I, I'll yeah. put the quotes at, around it too. Yeah, fair yeah. enough. Um, yeah, basically, it's really, it's really scary. But um, you know, the problem is that, like, I think like a really critical um, public consciousness sort of died after like the late 1960s. Um, yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah, and 
and so you know you did have a lot of radical art a lot of radical music happening at that time but it was referring to something that actually was like you know the anti-war movement was really strong and it was diffuse right mm-hmm. but now it's like it's just it's just it's it's so depressing that something as potentially radical as um the post george floyd protests yeah you know, because you saw, like, I don't know if you guys were watching, but, like, oh, yeah. there, was, there was, like, that unicorn riot uh, Twitter. And, like, I watched the police station burn to the ground. And mm-hmm. I watched just, like, random people who were, like, disillusioned just, like, fucking going at it. And I was like, oh, my God, this is legit. And then two weeks later, it was just totally uh, swallowed up, turned into something anodyne that, that could sell T-shirts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was a turning point there. That could have been something. That yeah. was an, and that was a turning point for like our podcast and level of discourse yeah. too. Cause we were kind of, cause I, you know, we hate the cops as much as anyone. And we were on that tip too. And we're like, we were like, man, this is it. This is happening finally now. And then, and then it slowly became, and I'm in Portland. So I saw the whole thing devolve into just a, yeah. like literally a culture war, like an identity thing. And, uh, and yeah, and I think apart on your war protest uh, point, I've, this is, yeah, I've, you've, it's something I've agreed with a long, a long time where I remember being a kid. I remember being like 12, 13 after the nine 11 air right after the nine 11 attacks and the Iraq war and everything 14 was going on. And um, just really feeling. So I was like, cause I loved listening to my parents' music and, you know, sixties counterculture kind of, I loved that shit growing up still do. And I remember thinking, man, like we're having all these crazy anti-war protests, you know, millions strong all over the world, but the youth aren't really captured by it and the youth culture wasn't captured by it. And also it didn't lead to anything. And I just remember feeling so hopeless that, and I think subconsciously we all feel this way that there's just no, we can have these giant protests all over the world and it won't lead to like material change. Like it it used to be a lot more effective four or five decades ago, right. Where we could actually shame a politician out of an action or, or, you know, create some new thing. And, I don't know. I think that a lot's been written on that, but um, yeah, I just remember feeling super blackpilled about that and how, and then the, you know, the George Floyd thing happened and that's, was always one of the biggest actions in the world. And what has come of that? Like virtually nothing. Right. They got like, the yeah. cops, the cops charged. And then like, after that, it was like, yeah, all of a sudden Antifa's telling me to vote for Biden. I'm like, wait a sec. And the, poli- yeah. the fact that it yeah. happened during the political year in the Trump era really, I think, did a number on it because it became such a lib thing. We just got to get Trump out. That'll solve everything. And um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see where it leads. And I'm, I'm not hopeless, you know, to be honest, I'm, but I, it's, we need to be honest that this shit's not working and we need some other kind of action. I don't know. Yeah. You can never be, you can never be hopeless. That's the thing is, is a lot of people will, will mistake this type of analysis as cynicism, but mm-hmm. no, it's important that you, you, you cut through this and it's important that you recognize that some of these things which seem like victories aren't victories. Cause if, if you can't imagine, you know, if you can't imagine like, I guess like removing some, yeah, it's, it's, it does feel hopeless sometimes, but you have to like really criticize and analyze what's happening now so that you don't repeat it. Yeah. And it, I in also a lot feel of ways, like to some extent, oh, go no, sorry, go ahead. no, go ahead. I'm, yeah. uh, I, I was going to say like, like your point on protest and feeling hopeless, like it definitely felt like that with the BLM thing. But I also feel like part of that, like not to be too hope filled or whatever, like I feel like protests, I don't know, maybe I'm too hopeful, but I feel like the idea that, you know, it, it still can work in the sense that, like I feel like with BLM, 
it's like, what were the protests really asking for? They were asking for racism to end, right? And like, mm-hmm. I, I don't really think you can protest something like that because, yeah. like, when does racism end? Like, like yeah. it, it's this idea that exists in that head, right? Yeah, and not like, person to person. Yeah, there's yeah. nothing you can do to say, oh, okay, well now racism's over, right? Like, mm-hmm. like there are so many yeah. quote unquote microaggressions that could still take place <laughs> or whatever, you know? Like, um, whereas like if this was like rooted in class. It's like you could say like, you know, general strike or whatever. But like, if you were all on the street saying like, we're not gonna fucking like, go back inside until we just get Medicare for all or something, right? Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm not saying that's gonna work, but it's like yeah. at least you're saying like, this is what we need right now, right? Like, and yeah. I, and I feel like part of the reason BLM got so much coverage and was allowed to kind of get to the level of prevalence it did was because deep down, like, nothing could possibly come from it. It was doomed from the start, in my opinion. <laughs> There was no concrete demand, really. Yeah, exactly. if, yeah. If you look at Martin Luther King, he was very, you know, in the clouds with his analysis, and then also extremely grounded with with direct action and direct uh, demand. And he also evolved his when he saw what wasn't working with his approach. And I'm I'm saying him, but really the whole the whole thing, right? Him and his crew and the whole the whole energy behind it. Um, he started the Poor People's March, you know, and was like, all right, time to broaden this thing, time to get more you know, <clears throat> time to bring more people in yeah, and get more organizing sanitation worker strikes and stuff like, like, yeah. legit, like concrete stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what he yeah, got that, in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. That was when they decided <laughs> to pull the plug. Yeah. Fred Hampton exactly. bought the housing, bought all the housing up yeah. with, with all these rival gangs that didn't like each other, bought it all up. So this is housing for people. And then all of a sudden he's gone. You know what yeah. I mean? So like, it's, it's weird to see and you, you don't want people to like die from it, but you realize once they do mm-hmm. die, it was like, Oh, that was going to be something. And it's also funny, on, I'd love to hear your guys' perspective on this, on how it's always such a conservative canard that BLM is funded by George Soros, to that effect, right? Some, like, boogeyman that's kind of just doing the puppet strings thing, which is not inaccurate in a lot of ways. Like, it's, it's you know, they might have a, a different, um, you, you know, they might have a... a they might come to a different conclusion or kind of think that for a different reason, but the people that go like, no, that's not true. It's totally authentic, you know? And it's, it's like, well, is it, you know, kind of thing. And so there, there's like a kernel of truth there, you know, in in terms of it is being cynically used is what I'm saying. Right. Yeah. And it is being by the powers of be or whatever. And the fact that you're just not going to admit that just because like a MAGA dude said it or whatever, who might happen to be actually be racist or, or might happen to, you know, have some dumb political takes or whatever. Right. So I've, I've thought a lot about that and that you know, automatically have to disagree with that, even though there might be some kernels of truth in there. Yeah. Or else you're lumped with that guy. Exactly. You, you're doing the both sides thing right, or something. Yeah. 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 You really have to remove, um, you really have to kind of like remove your ego sometimes when admitting sometimes that conservatives have a point, mm-hmm. usually they don't have a point kind of like what you were saying. They, they come to the right conclusion for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Um, but a lot of, yeah, a lot of times like, like for like with like the paid actors thing or the George Soros thing, those are their big things. But um, I remember seeing, I remember seeing like a post online of a, like a sex worker pop-up in the city and it was sponsored by like the open foundation. And that's like a George Soros thing. So like that, that's not what a horny bastard. <laughs> God, dude. George Horos. Yeah. <laughs> he wants all the sex workers for himself. What a sicko. Yeah. Yeah. Um, headache, do you have anything to add with that? Yeah, I kind of have a somewhat different take, which is that, like, and it's a little more cynical, honestly, where it's just, like, I feel like, in a sense, 
like this is organic, meaning like people have no class consciousness to begin with that they actually think this is what's going to get rid of oppression. <laughs> like yeah. I feel like both both are true, yeah. right? Like George yeah. Soros, yeah, like all that stuff. I, you know, I, I don't know a lot about that, but yeah, like like I said, that's something. It's, it's Occam. Like, it's Occam's yeah. razor. Like they, there is that element, but also the simpler explanation is that people are just dumb and and follow <laughs> fall in line with it, right? Yeah, they watch the Colbert Report, see D Ray, whatever his name yeah. is on there, and it's like, well, that that's what I got to do. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. right. That's, yeah, Which I agree more, with that. Yeah, and it's more of like a commentary just on like the system itself, right? Like, yeah, George Soros is the guy, but like there are a lot of people in media, on TV, like, you know, on your TV shows, right? In your advertisements that kind of lead you to these like, these ideas of, of what is and isn't oppression and what is and isn't achievable. Um, yeah. yeah I feel totally. like as a, as a system that kind of pushes people towards like these kind of routes of, uh, you know, outburst or uprising, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. And and like a lot of it is just like, um, and, and, and God, I, I remember for a, a long time ago, I asked you about this tweet and you probably don't even remember the conversation, but I asked you about this tweet because it really stuck. Our Fox, you know, yep. yeah. That one, go. definitely. <laughs> yeah. But a uh, um, little different, this one. But uh, you had a tweet, this is a long time ago. Um, and, I, and I saved it just, I mean, not even knowing we'd ever do this, but I, I sometimes I use shit for reference and stuff. And uh, uh, in other words, I hate my job and I'm on Twitter all the time. <laughs> but the uh, um, you had one thing, and I and I think this goes into like why people think okay, if I need to be progressive, that means I need to go burn down a police station with no demands, just burn down a police station and maybe take a Instagram picture, maybe that gets me another thousand followers. Like there's people that they think that's activism, and I I think you had this tweet that I really liked where you said uh, an overwhelming amount of I guess it poll leftists uh, being college age or younger is no coincidence. Uh, imagine being taught a ton of sociology philosophy by PMC managers when you're uh, around 19 and mm. seven years from when you need to buy healthcare. Uh, yeah. So you years from starting work or anything. So all you have at that point is education because you're probably like a somewhat educated person, but you don't have you don't know what you need yet in life. So you're just going to go into the culture war. So I, I thought that was interesting. I think that parlays into this. Yeah, for sure. Genius. I mean, a big problem. I was just reading a stat today that um, about 40, I think one third of people after high school don't read a book and 42%, Damn it, that's me. 42% of college, 42% of people after college don't read a book. Um, nice. The reason why that quote is kind of relevant is because the majority of people who are doing, you know, uh, doing the work <laughs> as they say, Oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, are in college and they're, you know, they're interested in their reading and this and that. But yeah. the problem is that basically the only people who are would be susceptible and open to class consciousness because they are willing to put in the work of, of studying and learning are people, um, you know, who haven't developed yet as people who haven't had to pay bills, who haven't had to uh, buy their own health care, who haven't had to understand that, you know, the precarious jobs that they have now are probably going to continue when they're 25, when they're 26, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I know. I do remember. I do remember a conversation about that. Um, hey, do you have anything to add? I think we, we were talking about this a little earlier today. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and I think we talked about it even at the time when you tweeted that. It, like, I don't know. I, I like. I agree. <laughs> just, it's like, um, it's just like before you're beaten down by reality, you know. And we were actually talking about Egg and I earlier. Like, this is sort of a digression, but. Um, you know, like what you guys were saying earlier, like, why don't people see this? Like, how come nobody can see it? And it's like, you know, we're debating, 
like was just our social surroundings, like kind of our IRL friend group. Like we all kind of talk about this stuff and we get to these conclusions together. So we're kind of like thinking this way, but we'll be have gotten there on our own if we just kind of experience reality without reading anything or talking to anybody else and just seeing like, wow, mm. you know, I'm getting mm. fucked by like my boss, my company. Like, you know, my healthcare has gotten way more expensive than my dad's <laughs> have been there. I've been working yeah. way more hours for the same uh, same wage, right? Like, like these are all things that are happening to me and everybody else. Like, yeah, is that enough to make you, th- like, I, I mean, I guess the answer is no, it's not enough because look where we are as a society. Like, there's no labor class consciousness, but yeah. like, w- w- like, you have like the radicals in college that read and get taught this kind of faux radicalism, like, you know, id Paul, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you have the adults that are just beaten down by reality that, you know, don't really get to that point of like achieving quote unquote class consciousness. So it's There's like a, a weird, like, yeah, yeah. It's like, how do you kind of like bridge that? Exactly. And the, it's, it's a lot of it's on the, the theory nerds and the, the, the college types and the, the, the podcast left and the bougie left and the, the people that say the right words and understand the problem with class consciousness and everything, but they've never struggled. They've never, I'm not saying no, no person who's not been poor is not a good ally or anything like that. I'm not what I'm saying, but you know, it's why all these analyses of like Nathan J Robinson and Chapo trap house to a large extent and everything just fall flat and normal people don't resonate with it. And it's cause it's, there's a there's almost an inauthenticity to it that you can't uh shake almost i feel and until you've experienced you know a lot of these issues firsthand i think that's a big reason why that gap exists is the the language is there and the words are there but the the feeling and the and the connection between uh be, between them aren't and maybe this has always been a problem in various forms for progressives or for people that want to enact change in society um yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on that, but yeah, that's really that's a good yeah that that makes a lot of sense. An interesting thing that building on that is um, a big problem in the American educational system is that the people who get the luxury of studying sociology and philosophy and literature are the children of the wealthy, for whom yeah. these are never going to be problems. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. On, they're the they're the ones who latch onto certain thinkers who are pretty radical. But if like you know, it's it seems to be like all theory for the sake of like this um, sort of like mas- ma- masturbatory uh, kind of signaling, right? Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. The most pop the most popular theorist in academia who gets quoted the most is Foucault, mm-hmm. and Foucault's, Foucault is good, um, but he doesn't really analyze power. He analyzes power, but he doesn't analyze it, I guess, in the way that Marx does. Mm-hmm. Um, Headache has read both more of more of Marx and Foucault than I have, so I don't know. If, Headache, do you want to talk about the differences between them, or like, or like why you think? Yeah, that? I only I like all. Well, before you do that, I like I only I've like dabbled in theory a little bit. Like I've you know I've read like a little bit of Marx here and there, but like most of the stuff I get from this is like taking that little bit that I know and and people I respect and stuff, whether it's on Twitter or in real life, like I just, I look at what I see in the workplace and stuff. So I'd like to know some of this stuff. Some of these people I, I should read, you know what I mean? It's like, so headache if you want to go. No. Yeah. I mean, uh, eggs, right. Like, uh, yeah, I feel like a lot of college philosophy or whatever is not that I was a philosophy major or whatever, but like, 
a lot of focus is on like the postmodern philosophers or um, philosophers, right? So like Foucault, Baudrillard, who you know, Egg and I both like. But I feel like the problem with a lot of this philosophy is it's it, it, it's a lot of like um, you know, like Foucault is like the analysis of power, but like not the analysis of capitalist power, right? It's like power as an idea. Yeah, it's very amorphous, it's, right? It's, it's very fine. yeah, it's yeah. very amorphous, exactly. And like, like I feel like unless you have like a, a Marxist kind of grounding or like, you know, not, not Marxist, like, Oh, I'm like the Marxist theorist or whatever, but just like, you know, like Glenn, like what you were saying, like you just, you get it. Like, right. Like you get that, like you're being fucked by like the corporations, right? Yeah. Like, that's who's fucking. And it's like, they're nice compliments to that analysis. But you could like, be a Marxist without never reading Marx. You could just understand yeah, why you're being exactly. fucked. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally. No, totally. Yeah. Like it's not that, it's not that complicated. Yeah, you're right. But yeah. Well, like we're with like, we just have like these postmodern, like kind of amorphous, like philosophers and these thoughts like it can kind of lead you to nowhere or like lead you to Paul in a lot of cases yes um, and it kind of so. has with with Foucault not saying he's to blame but kind of the academic bastardization of him has absolutely led to where we are now in academia with with Paul and everything would you say that's that's fair or or part of it or no yeah no totally yeah. totally like I mean we don't I don't know I think Egg you were telling me about this how like in economics courses, like Marx is brought up as like an afterthought when like he's probably the most influential economic thinker in the past two hundred years, right? Yeah. <laughs> like you know. Yeah. Um, although I, you know, I, think my, back, uh, I feel like if oh, go ahead, my friend has a funny point on kind of the conservative bros that are always like, you know, we need to go back to Western civilization and you know how how you know Western philosophy and you know and tradition has been taught in universities and it's like oh like Marx you know like that like that Western philosopher <laughs> you know so why not him you know yes <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah totally yeah what do you think of uh, Chomsky's critique of Foucault like I know they were kind of tight but also had some disagreements and I'm too dumb to understand it so I don't um, know. I actually don't um, yeah I watched the, like their debate but like mm-hmm. years ago I actually. Um, I got enough to remember, but I don't really have a lot to say on that, honestly. Um, okay. I'm not terribly familiar. No, I don't. What's what's the critique? I don't know it. Uh, I'm trying to remember. We'll have to bring it up in another yeah, episode. Yeah, but I, he, yeah, I think yeah, he was questioning the, the, the power as like its own entity unto itself kind of thing and without the, the class element, without the the material yeah, analysis Foucault, element. And I mean, Foucault always questions like institutional power and mm-hmm. um, power like like i guess power in terms of hierarchies but if you can sort of question it in these ways that don't sort of um connect to like class that's totally safe and that's perfect to teach and that's i mean uh-huh. yeah, like what you're saying yeah like i lo- i think Foucault is great and i think he's pretty radical but um kind of like what headache said if you're not if you read him first and you don't understand the labor relation Primarily, then you're just gonna, you're just gonna be. Uh, yeah, he's gonna say abolish prisons, like just abolish the fucking prisons, defund yeah. the police, right? Like, and then yeah. it'll all be good, right? It's like, like the, yeah. the fundamental point of like, you know, understanding kind of a capitalist system is like, the power is gonna like reemerge, right, and probably be worse. Yeah. Like, like creative destruction is so powerful within capitalism. Like, if you just defund the police or like abolish prisons, but like don't change anything else about society, it's like you're gonna get like some sort of bastardized like public private partnership um, kind of form of a prison where it's like instead of guards and being in cells you're just going to be 
under home arrest and you're gonna have security cameras in your house and if you step foot outside your yeah. front door like you get you know electric yeah. shock or something right yeah so, some chaz you know, guy that, comes up and just paralyzes you, and you're like, God, <laughs> damn it God, damn it i miss i miss officer brantley yeah, yeah. <laughs> how does food, and i'm just thinking of this now i don't have any coherent cohesive thoughts on the matter because we we kind of make fun of the a lot on this pod like the authoritarian left that has this like kind of uh rosy view of like let's say china or something right and kind of you know and they just you know how does that square with the foucault thing is that a thing or is that yeah like they want they want like no america we turn that into china we're good you know i'm like why yeah are we good i don't it doesn't make any sense like why mm -hmm. can't we why did why does it have to i got even if it's not to a uh, a thinker or anything but like what why does it have to be america just has to like copy another country's blueprint when it's like we're going we're trying to like take down these things that have never really happened in history like never, there's never yeah. been a fucking amazon before like there's never been you know any and i and look there's been oil tycoons in the past there's been you know things like that and huge businessmen but i, I don't think it's the same thing you know so I, like i just I don't know. I, I don't even know what my question is there, but I, I this, is, this is weird. Yeah. yeah, no, you're so right. This is like what, not to bring up another philosopher, but like this is like what Marcuse calls uh, like, like one-dimensional society or one-dimensional thought, right? Like, mm -hmm. like, oh yeah, we need to just copy China or we need to be China or even like the, the USSR, right? Um, yeah. Like copy, you know, we need to have another uh, Lenin, you know, another 1917 uh, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Like, it's so like cringe to me. That, like, it's like, yeah, because yeah. it's like the idea that um, you know, not that the strategy of organizing labor isn't useful, obviously, and like making demands from the from the ruling class, but like uh, the idea that like like history is somewhat static and that like you can apply the same strategies from 100 years ago to today. Um, you can take societies that exist today and just apply them to our own. Like you're thinking about like reality, right? It's like we need to work within reality. Like you, like you can imagine something different than what has been tried in the past 50 years or what is actually existing now. Um, that kind of gets, you know, it's a more like thought experiments, honestly. Like, I mean, at the end of the day, like our, our best hope is to like, <laughs> like I was listening to you guys last episode, like get like Medicare for all, like if we at all can, you know, it's like, <laughs> like these are like such big picture kind of yeah. mm -hmm. like steps and conversations. But um, yeah, it's like, you don't need to just take, it's like you're looking within the circle, right? The circle of like what is existing reality, but it doesn't just because it exists or doesn't exist doesn't mean it is or is not possible. Right? There's a huge lack of imagination on the current yeah. left or whatever. Yeah, I, I, I like, and I don't even think they want that. That's the thing. I, there's no way you grew up in America for I'm I'm 30. You grew up in America for 30 for 30 years, and you're just like I I want Soviet Russia. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm, yeah. Th that's a mentality change. There's no way your mentality is going to change where you wake up and it's like, well. Yeah. This is life now, and I love it. You know, it's yeah. like no, you just want to wear that weird Russian hat and pose with a gun. Like I, I understand <laughs> yes. that. Like I understand that. That's fine. But like, yeah. we need something new, man. It's and cosplay. It yeah. yeah, and exactly. And it's, it's, just, it's, it's uh, yeah, it's catharsis, right? Like I think everybody recognizes how helpless they are as as individual actors and agents. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like I, I really do. Um, also kind of cringe when i see like the epic like leninist stuff i'm just <sighs> like i'm like have like has the labor like the labor relation has been so fucking mystified since 1917 yeah me like nobody sees himself as a worker like uh -huh. you have to create class consciousness before you can do any of this stuff because like why don't americans like hit the streets when this stuff happens whereas yeah. the french 
like if if their oil is raised one cent they'll let like they'll be out for three days you know i was gonna bring that up the french the french american paradox yeah go go on about that on how we're we're just so lame compared to yeah yeah we're just we're extremely well i mean there's a bunch of reasons why but yeah i mean um we're we're disorganized we uh there's no social safety net um Mm. the poor not not all of them obviously they're not a monolith but for the most part um, poor Americans just, you know, there's that quote that's misattributed to, I think, um, Steinbeck that, you know, you don't have a country of, 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 work, of working class people. You have a country of temporarily embarrassed millionaires. Yeah, so, right. That was Steinbeck? Okay, yeah. No, cool. it, was, it was misattributed to him. But oh, okay. Oh, it's sorry. associated yeah. with him. But <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, basically, it's sort of the same thing. Like people um, come to America to strike it rich. And if the possibility of striking it rich isn't there, what's the point of being poor now? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, um, no, like, yeah, that's like the ultimate irony um, is that you have a country of, of poor people who don't recognize that they are poor and that they share a common interest. Yeah. Insane. And also, I'm just thinking of this now. I mean, this is probably extremely obvious to all of you, but it's almost like our, well, we're very spread out and we do have a large country and, and uh, it's almost as if our leaders and Congress or whatever refuse to give us that social safety net you're talking about not because they're particularly cruel. I mean, they are, but that's not what explains it. It's more of the fear that if they give us a little bit, it would be like the chain react, the chain reaction would immediately get started where we would ask for more and more stuff because we could, and it would, it would create just this giant cascade of, of that's probably the Medicare for all thing. Why that's being held from us more than anything is because they know that if, we, if we're not afraid of, yeah, you can't tie it to a job. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, mm-hmm yeah exactly yeah definitely and yeah. it's weird yeah. it's weird america has the least we we do have, i think i do have i'm not i'm hopeful for sure of our, our revolutionary capacity to where we you know we're incredibly lame now but i do i do feel that we have you know once enough people wake up and see this stuff going on we, we can make incredible changes and all hope isn't lost um it could go the other way but yeah i think they're fighting tooth and nail to keep that from happening but um, what about um? I know you wanted to talk about this. What about yeah, Michael Parenti? Yeah, who I, well, who I, I haven't read much of it. You no, know, yeah, and I and honestly, I've only listened to lectures, and I love it because it's it's something nice. I, I drive a lot, so it's always it's nice boss, to have yeah. something. Yeah, it's always so, nice. So for like a long time, I I had just I I'm new to like being a leftist. Like I've always I've always had like a class consciousness and stuff like that. But when it comes to like consuming left media doing all this i didn't know what jacobin was till like last year like i didn't know like this all these magazines i didn't know any of this stuff i i knew mm-hmm. what chapo was because i listened to it but for the better I, yeah, yeah sure. exactly no, I, exactly. I, yeah, I most things that i picked up i wasn't like god where was this all my life it was, most of it was like how do i get this out of my life now but the uh one thing i i went straight to chomsky after a while because i was just like man like this is cool, right? I've read like on anarchism and, and things like that. Like, and, I, and I, I like them, they're fine. But when, especially with like electoral politics and stuff, like he's always, he's always like, he values like harm reduction more than almost anything. And, and his idea of harm reduction anyways, but like, like and then uh, egg, you, you had put me onto like some Parenti lectures and I was like, nah, this, this is what I need. You know what I mean? Like this, this is like my kind of thing. So like, Anybody can you bring up? Can can you bring up? The, sorry to interrupt, but maybe in like five minutes or so, can you bring up the uh, 
the Virgin Chomsky versus the Chad Parenti <laughs> meme. The, oh, you know what I, I'm talking yeah, about? I gotta find that. That's that how one. I discovered Michael Parenti, that meme. Oh, really? Like, oh, years ago. Yeah, 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 no, exactly. So, go so on, hey, go, hey, go, go ahead and tell me, yeah. the, tell me why somebody who's kind of just maybe somebody who's a worker, right? Because I'm, I'm trying to radicalize workers, even if they're apolitical, I don't care what it is, just workers. And <laughs> if they want to consume some kind of media, like tell me why somebody's got to get into Parenti, man. Yeah, sure. I mean, I'll probably. I'll probably call on Headache to help me out because he he actually turned me on to Parenti. Um, nice. I guess, the, I guess through the meme, but what resonates, <laughs> yeah. what resonates about Parenti is that um, he is just like this kind of working class Italian guy who he doesn't really abide by any sort of norms in terms of like, you know, he, he kind of shits on his private school education. He kind of laughs at... Um, like the people who ask him to do like, you know, id Paul stuff. And he kind of just, he understands that, that, you know, arguments made on the basis of class are the most dangerous. And that's why they're the ones that people don't hear about. Um, like, I'm, I'm just trying to think, uh, Hey, do you have anything to add about, we were just I talking mean, about it. Yeah. We were just talking about it. Like Prenti just so clearly, like I'm kind of convinced, like if everybody just like was fed, like five parenti lectures and had to like sit down and understand them like we would have medicare for all like next yeah. year you know like it's just like he puts Straight it in up. such clear terms like like his yeah. one lecture on um i forget what it's called it's my favorite one though like on imperialism, oh, imperialism yeah yeah and That's he just starts one. it off with like there yeah there are like three groups of people group a group b group c group c like group c is the underclass group b is people that like work and have money but um you know, they can't just quit their jobs and retire or whatever. And then group A, of course, is the ownership class. Yeah. And it just makes it so clear, like, group A is doing everything in their power to make sure, like, you know, you are desperate enough to keep working for them for $8 an hour, right? Or less if you're in a foreign country. Um, Chomsky is just sort of like, just like a professor. I don't know. Like, <laughs> Isn't he like a know? dialectics like professor too? He's not even the linguistics like, guy. Yeah, yeah, linguistics. Oh, he's a linguistics guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he's just like an anarchist. You know, like, yeah, I, mean, I love that part of the meme that is, is 80 years old, still an oh. anarchist. Or <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, actually, I yeah. got it right now. I, I might as well just I, pull it up. Yeah. Pull oh, it up. yeah. <laughs> he is so gold, dude. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's, he's great. Fuck, dude. They, they, they did Chomsky dirty, man, with that picture. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, Talks like a robot that's about to fall asleep, dude. Yeah. I know. That, yeah. And like, I don't know. Yeah. I, 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 there's certain things you could take from people, though. And it's like, you can, because there's, there's a lot of people that are like, no, fuck Chomsky. Like, fuck that. And it's like, well, all right. He's tired. He's cool. Yeah. I like, yeah, there's a couple yeah, things. I'm not I mean, there either. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Spineless falls in line and backs Hillary Clinton. Well, there, there you go. <laughs> yeah. That was my issue. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I know. And like, and, and, and you're right. Like, and Prenti, the thing about me is like, I, the, like, just, we were talking about this last episode, but like, like Jimmy Dore, like Jimmy Dore, I work in like a blue collar industry. Like, if I showed Jimmy Dore to like people at my work, they'd be like, yeah, that, that's sick. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, the guy yelling exactly. and calling yeah. everyone a bitch. And yeah. Like, yeah. Like, I, like, I like that. You know what yeah. I mean? And Parenti's <laughs> not like that, but he talks to you like he's in the workplace with you. Yeah. Like, Chomsky yeah. talks to you like he's lecturing you. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. Even though Parenti is lecturing, it's, it's more so like, He's talking yeah. to you like like you're on a lunch break with him and and you know what I mean and yeah. he wants to tell that's you about how we're gonna organize that's shit. Chomsky's trying to like Chomsky's trying to beat other nerds and Prentice is trying to like get out of that whole fucking sphere. You know, he's to vote for Hillary Clinton. Yeah. You, uh, also, I'll tell you, I'll tell you why I like Prenti, Number one reason because I'm I'm not I'm honestly not super familiar with him and haven't read a lot of his work or anything. But he's not a little conspiracy bitch like Chomsky is. Like where Chomsky will will 
if you heard, you know, Chomsky on like JFK or any of these, you know, kind of, I don't know how you guys feel about this stuff, but he'll just kind of be like, well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if, you know, the FBI killed or CIA killed JFK. Yes. And like, and like, <laughs> like yeah, it kind of does. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. And it's like, I hate that. I've never, I was always been that way about Chomsky. Where I'm like, he probably tells that with his wife, fuck? with his wife. He's like, doesn't matter that I said this. Doesn't yeah, matter. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't matter that on my burner Instagram account, I like a bunch of pictures. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, nah, that's his move. It's not germane to the discussion we're having. Yeah. Right now. Yeah, it's not, yeah. 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 So anyway, hey, that's, that's hey, my Hey, can you add some intellect to this, please? I, I was, yes. I was, I'm just being stupid with Chomsky, but. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's basically it. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, we can move on. <laughs> No, no, I, hear I, you. Like... I hear you no i i just i i get fearful of the people like me who who like a little background on me like i tried to unionize at uh a, t- a big tech company out here where i was a temp basically a warehouse nice. uh doing a lot of manual labor um won the election uh however they uh the company hired a big private law firm to uh dispute the election the the terms of the election saying that we harass people into voting pro-union um uh, took basically everybody out of the, you know, found, found a, you know, a gay black person, found, you know, uh, a woman here just to say that, hey, these guys were kind of uh, intimidating with all that kind of stuff. And we had the same identities on our side, but it didn't matter. Right. So at, at that yeah. time, I'm, you know, around this time was happened. I'm, I'm really big into like, like fuck George Zimmerman, all this kind of stuff that happened. And, and I still am, of course, it's terrible. Um, but I started to realize it's like, no, they're pushing that shit so we don't ever try to like work together with anything you know what i mean and and basically long story short what the what the what the company did was they just strung that case out we were on two-year contracts as temps so they strung that case out to where anybody who was doing any heavy lifting for the organizing their contract was up and then after that just basically the you know the balloon just popped and and you know then you just hire a bunch of other people so i, I realized at that point i'm like man we got fucked by basically capital using identity politics against us you know what i mean and and you'll never win that battle um so i I, that was always why i i kind of i it kind of pushed me even more i don't want to say left because what is that even anymore but it pushed me more that way to to really be a materialist yeah yeah identity politics has the the interesting thing about identity politics is that it started out i guess at a good place like you know you can use your identity to understand um that people with you know, like, have you heard of like the, the matrix of oppression where you kind of look at other people's oppressions and you're like, okay, like I, you know, I'm, uh, I'm white, but I'm not wealthy. I'm Jewish, but I'm not Christian. So I have as many oppressions as somebody who is. Is that kind of like intersectionality points kind of, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's kind of been perverted in a way to undermine solidarity. Um, I wrote an essay on this that I talked about with the fed post a few months ago. Uh Um, yeah, about, about how id Paul, it kind of undermines solidarity in that um, it sort of treats uh, certain, I guess, minority groups as monoliths who can never, you know, on the basis of certain identity signifiers, um, share interests with other people. I think, um, yeah. I think uh, one of the guys who writes for Twink Rev had a really good tweet um otter something otter. oh river i love river. Oh, we were yeah. just talking yeah. about it. No. yeah slaps awesome. dude he love slaps. that guy at lefty awesome. otter i know i know river. yeah yeah, yeah lefty otter yeah he's, yeah, yeah. he's awesome he's unapologetic awesome. but he's like he's yeah. like yeah id paul has basically made it so that um you know um what does he say like it mystifies the difference between um like a bourgeois indian doctor and uh 
like a Guatemala, uh, Guatemalan line cook. Basically. I saw that. Yeah. Like they're both they're both brown, but they have nothing in common based on their class, which is totally true. But people would group them as a monolith as brown people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, he, yeah. he got he got crushed for that one. I, yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he got, I remember that one. Yeah, that's that's critical race theory for you. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, dude. Man. Being foisted on people from the university. I mean, I'm I'm an adjunct professor. I teach at a bunch of universities, and um, the big thing a couple of years ago was like safe space training. You know, oh, for all of the sick. Yeah, 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 for all of this stuff. I remember I asked a question in a safe space, um, in a safe space meeting. I asked about like the they them stuff, and I was like, <laughs> it confused like a child if you have to. Because if you're if you're going to an ice cream shop and you don't know the gender of the person serving you ice cream and the parent says, "Oh, tell them your order," like the kid might be like, "Who? Like which person?" <laughs> yeah, it's a plural term. Yeah, yeah. You're just like, throwing out a hypothetical, man. Yeah, yeah I was I was like I was like 25 and I was like I don't I, I kind of wanted to yeah. break balls, but I also was yeah. like, no, this is this is funny. Um, <laughs> that's, that, that that's what I would do. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That stuff has been replaced by um by the uh, the, I guess, like anti-racism training, which is uh, kind of like what Headache was saying. Like, you're never going to be able to treat race. You're never going to be able to, um, like, the way racism is treated is as this, it's, it's like this, uh, this disease of the mind that has to be destroyed with tons of like conversion therapy for like homosexual yeah. shit. <laughs> like, it's like, like yeah. they want to do that almost. You're like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because there's nothing, sorry to jump in. Like real quick, but like there's no like we don't have Jim Crow laws anymore, right? So it's like, like yeah, they're racist. Like the only, like the racist laws that exist are um, like laws that disproportionately impact yeah. people of color, which happen to be poor people, right? Like, like those are the racist yeah. laws that exist now. So it's like, and it's more of neo. For, it's a neoliberal thing too, more than anything. I feel right. Those those kind of overarching, overbearing policies. That, yeah, of course. Know, like, totally. Yeah. 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 yeah, and so it's like it, like where we're at now, like yeah, you can jump back in, but it's like it's like you're you're asking to correct behavior. There's nothing policy wise that's like like this law says black people or brown people or whatever right. can't do this. Maybe immigration is some, something, I guess, but like sure. I mean, you know, borders are still mostly open. Um, but anyway, yeah, I sorry to cut you off. Oh yeah, no, I don't, I don't remember where I was. Um, Why? Well, I- I love I love how like, nothing got my dick harder more this year than oh, well, seeing... we're kind of cutting it there just that yeah, I just want to hear that. yeah. but um, Car Fox Car Fox no no seeing seeing every minority group shift in favor of Trump for this election was just such a lib own to me I was like fuck that's yeah. hilarious like I would even I didn't I knew that would kind of happen but I didn't know it happened oh to I saw degree. it coming yeah I, I don't know it what happened like I don't know every fucking group would like shift like that and like maybe you guys could talk about that yeah yeah, yeah. he's yeah. fighting for two ta- two grand ta- i just seen today he's like hey this 600 ain't gonna do it we're giving all this yeah, money to these fucking dude. countries that like he didn't say israel but okay mm-hmm. you know what i mean like he didn't mention the the 500 million to israel but you know he's got to know where his bread is buttered but he yeah. uh he said like <laughs> he was like yeah we're giving he went for like three minutes giving money to guatemala we're giving money to costa rica we're giving money to it was like mambo number five like almost or like P- freak a leak or something where he's just naming all the girls names a little and, bit of guatemala yeah yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> and and he was just going on and on and like i'm like i if i'm like I, and i'm not gonna put myself in the shoes of anything i'm not but like if i, I if i'm just a single issue voter i'm like yeah I could, i'd rather have two thousand dollars you know what i mean like i'd rather have that 
than fucking the $600 bullshit. But then they're getting caught up in these corporate liabilities, which I'm sorry, were the Democrats trying to stop corporations from being sued for, law, or, you know, what I mean, yeah, for coronavirus? Like, I never saw that. So I, I just, I understood. I saw it coming. I work in the construction field. I saw a lot of people going like, dude, I fuck with Trump, dude. Like, I don't, fuck, yeah. I do not <laughs> fuck with Biden. And they're Mexican, yeah. they're black, Asian. It, like, I've seen it happen, man. It's like, dude, yeah. it's, it's mm-hmm. the Biden shit isn't as popular as it is on TV. And, and without COVID, I don't think he would have won. So yeah, it's yeah. just, it's crazy. Facts, facts. Yeah. yeah, I agree. He definitely would not have won if not for if not for COVID and yeah. the you know the the second Great Depression that lasted for like three months. But um, yeah, actually, ironically, my friend who's a bartender and who's Latino just DM'd me the 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 Washington Post article with the Trump stimulus thing, and he gave me like the eyes emoji, and I was like, yeah, dude, like anyone who's a materialist is like, you know, people people remember that they got burned by Obama in '08. And that they didn't see shit for it. Trump, at least, you know, if it wasn't Trump, it happened under his administration, right? That people got $1,200 and they got more money added to their unemployment. Like that happened under Trump. And not to say that it was Trump's doing, but like, I don't think like a neolib technocrat would have, you know, gone for that. No, I I mean, I wouldn't give a shit in 08. Like, Like there was no check, you know, or even foreclosure forgiveness you know like you know, sure wasn't yeah no. and i mean this foreclosure forgiveness now and it's not even a housing crisis and like yeah, yeah like like you were saying it's like you know it's not just a trump thing but i mean trump's president that's all that matters you know like like in terms of the voting population right yeah no i mean look yeah and and you you even for those people who said like, cause the lib thing is like, no, that was actually Bernie with the heroes act and care. Like you could say that it's fine, but then you could make that counterpoint and go, yeah, it happened under a Trump's presidency. Like you said, that means it was always possible to happen under a Trump presidency and under a Biden presidency, we're already knocking down this thing from 2.2 trillion to what? 500 million. Was that what they were saying for the stimulus? Something it's, like it's, that. it's nuts. It's like, yeah. it's cutting it down. Like, like Did you see, uh, uh, Biden, Biden already said, he's like, he already pushed back. He's like, "Yeah, we're not going to change the immigration shit. That's happened. like we're we're going to wait on." Like I said, "I was that that was a day one thing, but we're going to push that back a little bit." Of course, <laughs> it's, no, it's like so literally why, the meme. Why would anyone? So why would anyone? Yeah. Like, like, I don't know. They they take all this yeah, stuff yeah. for granted, and I think like how we're all saying this, like being like a materialist and wanting something material, it blurs political lines. Like that's the coolest part about it. To where a lot of people don't get it. Like I see a lot of people, and you know, maybe we can get into this a little bit, but like a lot of people on like the traditional left, you know what I mean? That still are just like, no, we need to, we need to vote. We need to do, we need to get all these progressives in the house. They don't understand that. Like, maybe we might agree with like a Republican, you know what I mean? On on something, they don't, they don't understand that. And that's how like actual workplace stuff is, is like you have your conservative coworker. They have this fantasy land where they, they like murder their conservative coworker every day at at work and, and shut them out of line. But like, dude, we're, we all want the same shit, man. Like, except for like, you got to give the, get the conservatives to give up their dumb ideology too. You know what I mean? So it's not, it's not just a one-sided thing, but I always hate that on the like traditional left where they just like, no, we shun conservatives. They're poor. We get the money. Like, it's like, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I mean, it's like everybody in LA hates LeBron until he joins the Lakers. You know? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like these people. Yeah. I know. I know you guys are just, yeah, I see, yeah, I see, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm a warrior, man. I, I see a sports bed post. Yeah. So, but, um, like 
it's like these people need to watch sports just so they can have a fandom of something besides uh, politics because they'd actually see things more clearly if they didn't. Yeah. Um, wow, that's a great like, point. That's a damn. great take. Yeah. Love it. It's like, I'm going like to use that yeah. when, when the TV channel has to get changed at my mom's house. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Mom, I'm doing big work yeah. here. Yeah, uh, this, this is, is... parlayed. To... I don't want to watch Jake Tapper. I'm, parlay... watching, I'm watching this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I'm going to use that. Yeah. That's good. I like no, Jake yeah, you're, Tapper. You're, it's like, yeah, it's just like, yeah, like, you know, it's like being, well, um, Egg and I are from New Jersey, New York area. It's like, and you know, well, I mean, I guess that's true in LA too, but like you have more than one sports team, right? It's like you have the, the Jets and the Giants. Right? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. And it's like, the, like choosing the Jets over the Giants is arbitrary, right? Like, like yeah. they're both New York teams. Like they both represent, like to any extent that sports fandom isn't arbitrary, you can at least say, oh, well, it's my city. I support my city. Like Jets, Giants is arbitrary. And I just feel like, like in Jets Giants fans get mad at each other over their players or their rivalry or their record. It's like you guys are fighting about nothing. Yeah, and they're really. not in the same like, conference. Neither of you stop each other. You guys could play each other in a damn Super Bowl if you wanted to. Like that's the only time yeah. it would ever matter. <laughs> like it's just a oh, big yeah. swinging contest. Like, yeah, and that's I just feel like with Dems and Republicans, especially nowadays with how close they are, it's like these lineages are almost arbitrary at this point. And like you're you're t- you're picking sides based on what. That- yeah. yeah yeah no and it's and it's only identity because identity is the only thing you ever see I, I guess you know you only see you only see certain small changes right because it's it's i've heard a lot of people talk about it. it's low-hanging fruit right you see one thing change where it's like hey we hired um you know uh, a latin american uh person as the new manager of the hub that we work at so boom there you go you know what i mean like and that yeah. you saw that change happen because you know you can't get anything else you know, what I mean, you know, you can't get a way a raise. You know, what I mean, you know, you can't get uh, a wealth cap for the company and and you know something redistributed, maybe stock options for the for the workers. You know, you're not going to get that, so you'll settle for that that change in identity and stuff. And yeah, and that's just like, yeah, that's like, I mean, that's just like capitalism, realism, basically. Like people have accepted that this is the way it is, and it's not going to change. So you know, we'll take these like paltry little victories, yeah. even though they're not even really victories. No, which is honestly really depressing. It's like literally, it's just a dopamine hit, honestly, at that where you just, you know, for, you just read it and you're like, oh, okay, that's slightly, for, not for us, but for regular people, you know. It's yeah. Just, yeah like, it's the like, problem is substance is totally drained from politics. I was just, you know, I was reading a book. I was reading a Chris Hedges book. Do you guys, have you guys heard of Chris Hedges? You've oh, heard of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The goat. I love, fucking love Chris Hedges, yeah, dude. He's, yeah. He's so savage. But yeah, he yeah. was saying how, he, he was, he was saying this and I, I actually remembered like a month ago, like this, um, this person on twitter tweeted about how like oh i can't wait like 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 just a reminder joe biden has dogs like dogs will be back in the white house <laughs> yeah, it, got, it got retweeted like a ton and i was like the irony is that like like it's kind of it's a bit of a joke but it's also not a joke like that yeah. to people is politics yeah like, when i read that i'm like oh it's kind of funny because yeah whatever it's a very small minute thing but to a lot of people that's like a that's a game changer because that's yeah. literally all it is it's just yeah. uh, they're just celebrities. Oh, we all know people that eat that shit up. And, and he shouldn't dog, have had dogs. He broke his fucking foot with his I was gonna, dog. That dude yeah. broke his ankle like Randy Moss off the line or some shit. Dude. Yeah, but yeah, like, yeah, he's a dog. <laughs> Wait, what, was, what did he say? He was getting out of the shower and grabbed the dog's tail. What kind of sick freak is he? Naked, I've never, yeah, I've never like, done that chain of events in my life. Like, just like, yeah, oh, I'm in the get out of the shower. Let me grab the dog's tail. Like, what the fuck? Bro. Yeah. yeah. I, I think there was something happening. Did you, see what, I, did you see what I tweeted today? That, that, uh, <laughs> what did he say uh when someone some uh media figure asked him about his son and the corruption with with uh ukraine and china again at some press conference 
and he does the whole Biden thing. He's like, oh, and he like walks off. And as he's walking off, he turns around and he's like, you're, you're a real one horse pony, you know? <laughs> one, <laughs> one horse pony. That rocks, dude. <laughs> That's so dope, dude. <laughs> I love that shit, dude. Yeah, it's I a stutter. That. It's a stutter. You develop yeah, that naturally as, yeah. as you get older. Oh, yeah, I'm man. so excited. But, dude, shit's going to be funny again. But it was not like everyone was so – all the fucking libs were so freaked out about Trump. It, nothing was – like – I'm not saying SNL is going to be funny or whatever, but I think Biden, no, it's, like what, it's like what come town, Nick Mullen says, Biden's going to be awesome for comedy. Dude, it's it's going it'll, to be, it'll be, yeah. I mean, because Trump, yeah, because it's not, not everything's going to be centered around him either. Not exactly. everything's going to be like some Trump skit or anything, but I, you know, I, I don't know. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, it doesn't make any sense to me how, how, <laughs> how we can, because I, I, I try to, I try to talk to like my coworkers at work about this where they're like, yeah, like Biden's in now. I go, okay, what does that do? We're union, we're a union employee. Like, our union yeah. basically gave up leverage. I, I got kind of mad because our, our union rep said, hey, vote uh, Biden-Harris. And I said, why? <laughs> and they said, well, uh, I said, what are they going to do? So, well, I mean, Trump's racist. I was like, this is a fucking labor, <laughs> this is a fucking labor union. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like, like we, it's a largely Latino uh, labor union. Like, and it's like, what, what, what is he going to do? And they're like, oh, nothing. And it's like, so you already gave him, like, you already like, endorsed him. And it's like, well, yeah. what the fuck? You know what I mean? So it's, yeah. it's time, yeah. man. Like you have to, I, I don't know if you guys have anything about that. Like where should somebody start? You know what I mean? Like I, I say start in the workplace. What about you guys? Like if you're trying just, to really I radicalize. Want to, I want to throw in a side note. I think Joe Biden is more racist than Donald Trump. For oh, easily. Yeah. Um, easily. Yeah, Okay. Hard R's. Hard R's. I think, <laughs> I think he's winning by over like a thousand. You talk, Biden. Yeah. Lifetime. Yeah. Biden over Trump. Lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Trump's like the hands off the car, all right? Like, he's that kind of racist. Like Trump's but, like the dumb guy racist, yeah. but, like, still, like, hey, I'll chill with Tupac, you know? And, like, yeah, Biden, Biden's like the, like, could you give me some water trap? You know, yeah. it's like some fucking... Do you work like, here? Yeah, yeah. yeah Shakur, exactly. Mr. Shakur, do you work here? Yeah, yeah exactly, and, dude. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. No, you're right, exactly. But, like, I was going to say, like, if you guys were to give somebody advice, like, where should they start? Because some people just really want to help, right? But you don't know how to help outside your own, like, little Twitter sphere. So, like, I, I say radicalize your workplace in a, in a sense to where you could at least get everybody on the same page you know like do you guys agree with that or would you guys start somewhere else yeah i mean i guess just like talk to people and try to figure out what what the big problems in their lives are um i'm a teacher so like my i don't really have coworkers, because so i just go from right. school to school and teach especially I, now yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean i i treat my students kind of like coworkers in a sense because i'm like well we're all working toward a common thing like you know, I want you to pass the class and I don't want to fail you because that makes me look bad. So we're all kind of on the same page. But yeah, whenever I talk to them about the political and stuff, I always ask them like, you know, what's the biggest thing facing you? Like, and a lot of them will say stuff like, um, you know, tuition hikes, I'm not seeing anything for my money. And I'll be like, okay, well, let's talk about why that is. And then boom, from there, you can just break down kind of the hierarchy of why of the university system in general, right? The university mirrors the corporation. There's a the board of directors. There's a president with a bloated salary. There's tons of administration. And I basically tell them, I'm like, you know, do you guys know how much I make? Do you know how much of your tuition goes toward me? And it's like, actually, you know, if I'm teaching, if I'm teaching 20 students, only about 150 of, of their dollars individually are going toward me. I'm like, where are the, where's that money going toward? And I'm just like, it's going up just like all of this shit. So I just yeah. tell them right off the bat, I'm like, uh, you know, capitalism is the same as slavery is the same as feudalism it's just like you can see it just make the fucking triangle chart um and then from there 
yeah, I try to get them to apply that stuff. Um, but it's hard because you really have to, especially with teaching students in the system, like you really have to kind of get them to move away from the neoliberalized version of education where they're just trying to get grades and this and that. I'm like, no, I want to teach you stuff that's yeah. useful. Retain yeah. knowledge. Yeah. yeah. Right. No, I hear you. Yeah. Um, that's incredible. Yeah, yeah. It's been my project mostly. I mean, I'm kind of lucky in the sense that I, uh, <clears throat> I get to do that with, with young people. And I find that the, the kids are, they're open to a lot of ideas. I teach at public yeah. schools mostly. So I don't get a lot of like the, like if I taught at a private liberal arts college, I would probably get a lot of pushback because for sure, for sure. I'm not very, I'm not very PC. Right. Like, yeah, sure. I'm not, I'm not PC in the, you know, Republican way, but yeah, yeah. no. And it's so, are, it's so ironic too, what everything you're describing and how, <laughs> how the, the university is supposedly, it should be a safe haven from all this stuff. And it's literally the, the exempt, the exemplary, it's the example, yes. you know, it's the, you know, the, the, the administrative bloat and everything getting sucked off the top, you know, and uh, it's pretty incredible. And no, and a small, small minority of student, students and teachers have the courage and the wisdom to criticize it in the moment. Right. And yeah. I, I have some history with like my university as well. And I noticed like everyone's willing to criticize it in private, but then everyone still wants that check, you know, everyone still wants that tenure, even though that's tenuous these days and that's going way, way down right and it's not guaranteed and you know and like you said you're an adjunct professor where they're making everyone a they're making everyone like a labor even education is like a labor thing like right gig like economy a, yeah. yeah exactly <laughs> and so yeah it's pretty sad but that's rad you're you're breaking that down within the system yeah, yeah i mean i it's it's sort of what you have to do and the mm -hmm. interesting thing about being an adjunct is that like you know you're so precarious that it doesn't really matter like there's no real oversight like the interesting thing is that you know, at one school I've taught at, I haven't been observed in like four years. Cause like, there's just, there's no over, like, there's just, it's just, it, it's totally bizarre. But um, yeah, even tenure is kind of going away. An ironic yeah. thing about, you know, we could talk about like language and the fact that words don't mean anything anymore. Um, one school I teach at, 30% um, of the English fac faculty who had tenure have just lost their jobs because of yep. uh, shit. So, I, yeah. And yeah, I had a well, tenure uh, mean, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I had a men I had like a mentor in, in college that um who was tenured and who was a, a strong fighter for tenure. You know, it went from like ninety percent rate down to twenty percent in current era. And talking about how really it's a it's a breach of academic freedom more than anything, where no one everyone's scared to speak out and and speak what's on their mind, which is and tenure's existed in some f certain forms for centuries basically right it's it's literally a it's a very very strong uh historical uh si system that's pr protected uh and it can be abused and everything of course but yeah it's it's an interesting phenomenon how it's going away yeah yeah headache what about you where would you start man if you if you were i mean it's kind of a tough question but i, I mean if you were to if you were to tell somebody man if they if you if you pass your knowledge on to somebody where would you tell them to go with it oh man and now uh, it's such a hard question it is i think the, the, my my like strategy usually is because i mean and, like i can't help myself i just like talk about the stuff to everybody like in my friend family circle like just because yeah it's like all i really care about anymore <laughs> um but like it, you know what i try to do is it's like i don't bring it into like capital p politics like oh the democrats are republicans or like even saying oh like none of them are your friend man like it's the whole system like i try to stay away from that and just talk about like like, i think that the only thing you can do 
in a society like this is like get people to just understand that like you shouldn't have to work harder for the same amount of money right like you should be paid for that yeah um, why should you be paid for that well because anything you don't get paid is going right to the bottom line and if you don't own stock in the company then you're not getting that like and that's like you know like basic kind of you know like yeah marxism one-on-one sort of thing but like it's yeah. I, I don't know it's like i feel like some people don't fully grasp that even though it's kind of obvious like oh well if i'm you know produ- if i'm producing way more this year than it was last year and i'm getting you know a two percent raise right like well where do the rest of that 20 percent increase in output go um i feel like part of the the modern corporation especially maybe for like office work right is like yeah. it kind of mystifies like what am i actually producing like how much money am i making for this person right or, or for my boss yeah. or whatever like you're all kind of sharing tasks um you know whether you're on like you know even like in a in a in a factory setting or an office setting like it uh, it's kind of blurred to the point where you may not even realize like hey like there's actually an assignable value to how much money i'm creating or how much value i'm creating i yeah. should say yeah. um i think just kind of like communicating that and getting people to realize that you know opens up kind of a a new world potentially totally. um and identify yeah, the product. Yeah. Identify what the product is. Like you, a lot of times, you, yeah. you know, if you're on a, like a lower level worker, you're, you're touching the product. You know what I mean? Like you're literally yeah. touching the product like that. You And like, I always like to tell people, it's like, you work so conditioned to think that the person furthest away from the product, right? The person that never steps foot into the workplace half the time is making the most money, you know? And a lot of people are good at that because they watch something like Shark Tank and they're like, I, I can do that. You know what I mean? Like I can become that person that creates that and then pushes all this bullshit onto my workers. Like it's kind of like a cyclical thing. So I do try to break that because even people like, it's the weirdest thing when like workers push back on that. They're like, yeah, but you know, like they started it and they, they put the, their neck on the Uh, line and all that kind of, it's like, you realize like they are further away from poverty than you, no matter what you say. Like, you know what I mean? Like you can be like, you basically pounded into the ground at any moment. (laughs) Like uh, it's a struggle. I, 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 uh, a lot of times where I work is it's tough. It's tough to convey that to some people because you, you really, they're like super capitalism poisoned. <laughs> like yeah, even if they yeah. don't know what capitalism is, you know, like it's, it's mm-hmm. totally uh, and like, I feel like what so many people do is they say like, Oh, well, you know, I'm making more than um, people at this company. Oh yeah. Oh, or I'm making more than the average person. So like I'm actually being treated well. Oh, my company gives me healthcare. It's like, honestly, and this is like the whole PMC debate partially, but it's like, you're getting paid a hundred thousand dollars a year, but you're producing a million dollars of value. It's like, you're still being underpaid, right? Yeah, like, straight up. You no, know, not, not that I'm like trying to radicalize people that make six figures, whatever, not that I <laughs> know many people that do in the first place, but like, um, the idea still stands. Like yeah. people love to compare their salary. Cause like I have people kind of close to me that work in office settings that say like, Oh, well, you know, my salary is good compared to people that make $10 an hour. Right. Yeah. So it's like, well, that's not who you're supposed to be comparing it to. No, yeah. no, not at all. Well, but that's all it takes is, you know, just a, one couple of notches up the ladder looking down on, you know, slightly lower class for enough people to be psychologically yeah. safe within their world, you know, and not, not yeah. question. Just be things. happy. You don't work at FedEx or, you yeah. know, just be happy. Yep. You know, you're yep. a UPS driver. Just be happy. You don't work at FedEx. Just, yeah, yeah. It, it's exactly the point. And we like yeah. I, the company I work at is there's three, like there's three main competitors, but we all work for, for the same company. We're a contractor that works for the same company um like utility company right so what when that'll happen is like 
they'll be like, man, fuck that company. Da, 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 da. I'm like, dude, if we banded together with that car, are you fucking kidding? Yeah. If we banded yeah. together with that company, we could all negotiate our wage and they wouldn't have a fucking clue. Our job is essential to their production. Yeah. So yeah. like, it, it's, a, it's a weird thing. And, I, and there's certain people like, they'll be like, man, fuck that company. Da, 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 da. I'm like, hey man that's not your enemy i'm just yeah, yeah. I, like like yeah. that, that is not your enemy and, yeah. and it's like even just showing somebody like who their their enemy is and it doesn't have to be some like crazy war type setting but i guess you know that that would be the way i i put into it yeah it's like combating the idea of good versus bad ceos also which is so <laughs> yeah dude. it's yeah. so powerful i feel like like people still love bill gates it's just so sick oh, not here I buddy even, yeah i got a uh, dartboard i got a fucking dartboard of them yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Bill Gates, man. Yeah, yeah, that's the worst, man. I hate well, the Bill Gates defenders, man. They're the or worst. Stands, dude. Not even. Yes. Yeah, and, and Bezos too. Like it's the same. Those two guys, man. And it's yeah. like there's no two billionaires I hate more than them. Like I, yeah. I'm like I, I seriously do because because of that good PR that they have. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like well, the, all- the Bezos stands are they're just like a parody because they literally, um, they, they literally just like a billionaire guy. There's nothing redeeming about him. No. With gate with Gates, you're admitting that you're just propagandized, you know, and you're yes. and you good point. That, great yeah. point. And and with Elon, that's a little different because like he's like actually, you know, I could get why some like teenage fanboys like this guy's cool as fuck, you know, and it's like because you know he's got like cool companies and shit, you know, cool in the sense that it's, like, yeah, rockets yeah, and you know what I mean, yeah, and it's yeah. Whereas like Gates, it's just like you know, it's a public health crusade. Yeah, everybody's seen that dancing video. It's not fucking cool, man. Yeah. Like the Microsoft ninety eight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> None of that shit is cool, man. He's a fucking yeah. turtle, man. Like fuck that guy. Yeah. But uh, yeah, and he's, it, he's also arguably one one of the most. He's top. He's top five most ruthless capitalists of all time. You know, like with in terms of. Yeah in terms of yeah you know but you're sold yeah, you're I mean, sold the idea that eventually you could become that and there's a whole small business debate i don't even want to get into yeah. it because we will wrap up soon but like there's a small business debate but then like the part i never see people talking about is the small business owners that think that they're like a step away a good fucking quarter away from <laughs> becoming bezos or bill gates and it's like dude you're not even in that same yeah. stratosphere as yeah. these guys like it's it's so funny man how, how like yeah. that, that part of it doesn't get talked about but um I, uh, we'll, we'll wrap it up here. Um, cause I know size got to go, but, uh, um, I appreciate you guys coming by, man. Uh, it, it, it was really a pleasure. Thank you. Yeah. 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 Thanks for having us. This was really fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, Coming I, in I, soon. yeah. Anytime, anytime you guys want to come on or, or, uh, maybe we'll meet up on another podcast on who knows, you know what I mean? Uh, Hey God, appreciate you coming by too, man. Yeah. yeah. Thanks so much. This was a lot of fun. Very yeah. stimulating. No, no. Yeah, no problem. Um, so, uh, egg God, we will put it on the YouTube for anybody who's not listening on YouTube. Uh, egg God is at sweet egg person and headache is at Mr. John Butler Tron. So, do I have that right? Yeah. There you oh, go. Yeah, no, perfect. Um, and egg, I will put your, uh, your essay that we talked about earlier. I'm going to put that in the liner notes. Uh, so everybody check that out. Um, and, uh, so he's at crypto Sci. I'm at Glenn Rockney. This is at rare candy pod one. Uh, appreciate you guys tuning in. Just uh, check us out on pretty much all platforms. Um, thanks again, guys. Thanks. All right.